1: This is episode forty-nine of the Break Eighty podcast. Stouds here, joined by Mike and Tim. And as Minnesotans, one topic of conversation that always is the forefront is weather. In classic Minnesota fashion, we go from eighty degrees all week to half foot of snow or more in some areas. Why do we do this to ourselves, guys?
2: It's not worth it. It's not. It's not worth it.
1: It was
0: eighty-eight degrees on Wednesday. And as we speak, it is and if this has been going on all day. I just went outside at like seven thirty. It's blowing like twenty five miles an hour. Snow everywhere, unreal. But it'll be all gone tomorrow, so it's not a not the end of the world. As a, a...
2: Uh, as not being from here, I have a new to Minnesota residence guide on how to deal with winter, and it's one page, and it just says leave. Yeah, one leave word. the state. Maybe a page. Yeah. yeah.
1: I feel like this year was like the nice part was, I don't remember being ultra cold all the time. I don't think the temperatures, but it's just the amount of snow It's just, it never ends. It never stops. It never ends. And it gets to the point where it's like, you know, you got to check your mental health a little bit. You know, it's just, it's really hard. sure. I did I not think, leave uh, all
0: winter. I didn't go anywhere. It was a long uh, winter. And uh, nice. I mean, I feel,
2: I feel great. Uh, Pinehurst next week, San Diego, three weeks ago, um, scottsdale and uh florida with you jeff so yeah i didn't do shit
1: that florida seems like a long time ago tim
2: i gotta i gotta say i'm more tan than uh little little maddie fitzpatrick out there my god and uh he (laughs) gets to play in the sun every week he's
0: not gonna get tan
2: he's he's very english also other good news for the pod uh we will continue to be on on our regularly scheduled times, because uh, I've elected not to complete our 1065 form. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. So we we, we can we could spend a whole podcast on what taxes are yeah. like this year for the podcast. But yeah, fun stuff. We're gonna choose to not ch- talk about that. Well, one thing we will, we'll talk about is the fact that us three guys, whether you can believe this or not, are high school golf coaches, and, and as you could imagine, this winter slash spring has been very difficult on. Us as coaches, and of course, as the players. And I was just curious some of the things that you guys have been doing as high school golf coaches to keep your kids interested, to pretend like you know, you know, that you're actually getting something accomplished when you start, you know, when you're practicing. What are some things that you guys are um, doing? Um, Well,
0: it's a train wreck because not only is the golf team inside you know every spring sport is inside and and our school is you know i i coach at a, at a larger school i think we're like the 13th largest by enrollment in minnesota um so we're fortunate enough we have a dome which the golf team doesn't get to use it's not set up it's not set up for oh. golf it's not set up for golf one year we used it you you can go and like Drag some mat hitting mats there. They won't let you hit off the turf, obviously. And you can we we would put like garbage cans and do like 40 and 50 yard pitch shots. But basically, softball uses it in like the morning and baseball in the afternoon, stuff like that. Um, and then there's and then tennis wasn't it, you know. Usually tennis can get the courts cleaned off and at least be outside, but that was forever. Um, so they were in the on the gym floor a lot of days. So my team basically goes up on one mezzanine and out in a hallway. So I basically this year scrapped any hitting it into the nets off these crappy little mats. And we just putted a lot because to me, when you're stuck inside and you're not going to a Sam and you're not, you know, like if we had a bunch of like little launch monitors to give kids numbers, hitting into a net would be fine and spin, you know, some of those things, but, um, and it, and it's, and it's got its purpose, you know, just to see some things, you know, evaluate swings and all that. But Um. We putt a lot because that to me is the one thing that we can really, you know, stay consistent inside or outside as our putting routine. You know, we'll we'll put like blocks up and gates and I'll use mirrors and use all those things and know
2: a lot of of irony going on right now. A lot (laughs) lot of irony. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on over here? I think a couple
0: couple of my guys listen to this pod. I'm not sure, (laughs) but I'm hoping they uh, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, mentality for my squad Um, but we do a lot yeah yeah if I if I practice myself the way I coach I might be pretty decent at this game but um, yeah I had this year you know I had like we had the wood shop teacher like give us a bunch of blocks of wood because you have a lot of kids who just can't like like a three or four foot putt they can't just go straight back straight through the, the putter heads all over the place and we're doing stuff like that and I don't know we got a strength coach um at our high school so like a couple days a week we go up to the weight room for 45 minutes and do a lot of golf specific stuff med ball tosses and all those things um you know rules and all that crap in the classroom how about you guys Me?
2: well uh first couple days we're really just trying to see who had interest in the team making sure that the people weren't necessarily just there for for free golf So unfortunately for the kids, they came out of their classrooms into our golf-related classroom where we did YouTube videos on the rules of golf and introductions. Fortunately, after that, Hunter Hoagland being the other coach and the head coach and uh, one of the owners at Minnesota Golf Lab and uh, Golo Golf, we had access to some simulator times. But trying to get 40-some kids through two simulator bays really limits total swings. So really difficult, hard on the kids. Um, finally when it warmed up, we were just incentivizing people. First off, we were going to Parker's Lake driving range and then we were incentivizing the kids. Go play around afterwards if you can. It's not sanctioned by us. We don't we don't have the tea time availability where we play yet, but if you can go out and play, please do. And then this last Friday we again incentivized your excused from practice if you can find a tea time. Go do that. If not, we're we're going over a decade golf. So we're breaking down carries, when to use driver, when not to use driver, uh kind of course management. And is that your uh, own trying course, Tim? To... Was that was that yeah. are you
1: doing that from your home maker and national yeah, I mean,
2: course? We gotta we we got hold some cards close to the chest. Okay. Over here. Okay. Yeah. I was just
0: curious. Hold on. Did you say when to use driver and when not to use driver? I'm pretty sure Yes, Mike.
2: There is if... there's a time when you don't
0: hit driver. Well, yeah, but if I've but if I've done my own Decade Golf research, which I had, because I did it with my team. I'm pretty sure Scott Fawcett, about 99 percent of the time, says use driver. That's basically what Decade Golf says: be aggressive
2: all the time. Most times, yes, but at Baker on what hole number? Hole number six. That's six, silly. So that's par five. That is a dumb hole, or anywhere on the front nine with all of their cart paths in all the wrong places.
1: Well, it has certainly been a challenge and I, I I do a co-op, so I actually am in charge of a you know two schools as one team and so the challenge for me has been the fact that I randomly had forty six boys come up for golf, you know seven through twelve but you know for us that's ridiculous numbers and so it's been a challenge to just figure out first of all who are who are the kids you know I gotta you know some find a way to even meet these kids not because you know I I have, I don't really have the time because I don't really, first of all, see them during the day. It's just that short amount of time that we practice or we, you know, that we're trying to get to know each other. So it's been a challenge for me in that um, department. Um, I always pride myself on knowing the kids. I think building a relationship with the kids is, you know, one way to get them to enjoy golf as they get to kind of know you and see your passion. And kind of can be something that rubs off on them as well, as long as they're there for, you know, to get better and, and get more intrigued about golf, but the, the interesting part has been, um, you know, trying to find the space, like Mike was saying, like you only can go somewhere where you have space to do something. And with golf, unfortunately, and fortunately, sometimes, you know, putting is one thing. You can go to a classroom, you can go to a hallway. Um, but you know, when you're trying to figure out who these kids are and, and what, you know, what they can do with the golf club, it's very difficult to make the rounds and figure out what you got. So I've had that challenge and um, actually what we're doing tomorrow is we're all actually as a team going to Top Golf. So I thought that would be a way to sort of, um, you know, break the monotony of, you know, doing the same thing every day um, and then allow some of these kids to maybe enjoy the game more even than what they think of it and maybe suck some of those younger kids into to want to keep playing. So that's kind of the short um, story of the trials and tribulations of Golf. Can
2: I, can I rename your, uh, adventure tomorrow to Jeff brings the kids to Brooklyn park? <laughs> sure. Um,
0: you know what,
2: like what
0: I've found in my, like, I don't even know how long I've done this for. Like, I think I've been the head coach for like 12 years, but the best, one of the best things that's come around. That's really good for inside is that putt out, you know, the little ramp with the hole in it. Have you seen them? There's a, there's a cup at the bottom. It's a little ramp with a hole. They're like 30 bucks on Amazon. And the whole logic is, you know, you hit the hole, it goes up the ramp, it comes back down, you still make it. The perfect putt stops in the hole, you know, on top of the, like there's a like a hole and there's like a little hole in the ramp. So perfect speed will also stick in there. But that is just a little thing that folds up and you can bring them, you know, you can buy a bunch of them, put them in a classroom, and they can just put on carpet. You don't need to have the rollout mats and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So that's been great. Um, the funny thing for me is, so I thought last I don't even know what it was, like Tuesday was going to be our Wednesday. So it was going to be our last inside day. So we went and worked out. I took them all into the classroom, and I'm like, all right, we're going to watch the last hour of the greatest game ever played. Give these kids a little motivation. So we watched a little Shia, a little Shia as uh, as Francis we met. And then, and then here's the crap part about it. So Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day it was, you know, it's nice out. Our high school gets out super late compared to all the other ones. We get there to practice finally at our home course. There's five other teams there playing <laughs> on, the, on the range. The whole range is full. The putting green is full. I'm like... What a bizarre sport for high school. You know, you think about it. What if you're, what if you were the basketball team and you go to the gym, and there's other teams just shooting <laughs> on your baskets and stuff. I'm like, this is the crap part about like not having your own facilities and using public golf courses. So we can't even like, even on Friday when we, when we qualified nine holes, we were behind, we were behind a different school. They had tee times ahead of us. We had to wait and it was slow as hell. Mm. Disaster.
2: Do you, uh do you just keep showing movies at this point then? Like Legend no, of Bagger Pants no. is next, and then you degrade into into that would cup. be good.
0: We, I like to do like I like to go Caddyshack on uned, unedited. <laughs> no, See, we uh, we keep
2: telling the kids that eighteen pars is a good story or a good score, and uh, you'd show up and.
0: Yeah, we we got a little bit lucky because we had a late spring break, so the second week of practice we didn't even practice because everybody, you know, all my varsity kids were gone. They all went somewhere. So they all played, you know, one of them played in Cabo and one was playing in uh, Hilton Head and they were all over the place playing. Um, So that was nice. That broke it up a little bit. Yeah, I don't even know this week. We got a fundraiser guy coming one day and you just you run out of things. I spend so much time at like school, like during my lunch hour, like figuring out what the hell are we going to do today? Like you just run out of stuff to do to make it different.
1: Exactly yeah that's been that's been the, the challenge, right like you know especially the kids that are just coming up for golf saying, what is a sport like you know it's like, well, it could be like this every day until we actually get outside to be honest and so that's why this top golf idea came and at least be something different I mean especially because you know you get the, the middle school kids and the kids that just kind of you know maybe not played a meet yet they get all those meets canceled and a lot of times they don't get rescheduled so you know they're kind of losing out on opportunities. See, I just, I don't
2: understand why, why Minnesota does it this way. Iowa has fall golf for boys and there seems to be likely more of a crossover between baseball and golf than there ever will be with football and golf. Just an assumption, right? T- Two swinging I can, sports.
0: I can, as being a part of a lot of these conversations, uh, with the other coaches in the high school, I can tell you exactly why. Um, well, football is a, is an issue for the smaller schools. You know, you look at, like, you look at my, the big schools, you know, like, like I play in a conference with Edina and Wyzetta and they don't have, any, no not many of those kids are playing football, you know, and neither are any of mine. Um, the issues they run, we run into are course avail- availability, you know, courses are, courses don't mind giving high school, you know, kids a date in April or May when it's crappy out, you know, they've just opened. It's really difficult to get meets in September, you know, especially like say say you're those Brainerd Lakes area schools who who play at who they play the classic, they play the cragans they do it all in the spring. You can't, they won't give them those dates according to the coaches up there in the fall. The other issue you run into um, is you would, if you did in the fall, you would do do it like football. You'd start mid August. You would have your state tournament in right around mea mid-october which is no guarantee of nice weather for the state tournaments you're gonna run you could run into snow and crappy cold weather then that's what you know this is what the high school league will tell you they'd rather have crappy regular season and a nice state tournament than a nice regular season than a crappy state tournament Um, you could
2: always move the larger state meets to to somewhere further away further south
0: no you got oh man you're so new to the high school league like here here we
2: come dakota ridge
0: no 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 (laughs) the they used the the high school league's flagship is the flag has been planted at bunker hills for whatever reason i've been i've been harping on this for years like you could easily get some of the private clubs to give up like a monday and a tuesday you know i i think um you know middle of the week like that's when we play a state tournament like tuesday wednesday I guarantee you, you could find some that would rotate it to a better golf course than Bunker, but that's you know whatever. We're always at Bunker Hills. Hmm. I Double started D blocking choice. you, out.
1: Mike. I started blocking out whatever you said once you said starting in mid-August.
0: Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm, that'd, I'm that'd be,
1: out on that. That'd be
0: the worst part. I would be. That would that would be the end of my 12 year uh, run at head coach.
1: No. Well, it was uh, an exciting finish. You know, we're actually recording this pod on Sunday night. Normally, we do it like a Monday night. And I got a chance and opportunity to watch today the um, RBC Heritage coming down the stretch. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of it. I think we were all kind of hungover from the Masters. You know, watching golf was, you know, maybe something that we kind of had on, but it wasn't necessarily appointment TV other than it was an elevated event. A lot of great players playing in it. Um, and it ended up being a three hole playoff, which was exciting. Maddie Fitz and And the golden boy himself, um, Matty Fitz, putting one to inches on the third playoff hole. I think it was actually even Colt Nose that said, um, you know, Spieth better take these opportunities that he had to beat him. Because if he doesn't, Matty Fitz is going to stuff one cold and it actually ended up coming true, which I thought was unreal. Like Colt Nose, I think it was him. I'm not going to necessarily give him all the credit because I can't remember if it's quite him or not. But somebody basically said, Spieth does not take these opportunities. Matty Fitz will stuff one. Um, um, and that's what ended up happening. And so pretty crazy.
0: It, I think Fitz played it perfectly because he must've hit the same clubs on 18 both times because he hit nine iron, the first playoff hole, he flew it a little bit deep. So the second time he had to take a little bit off it, you know, he knew it was, it was like the perfect setup to hit that shot again for a pro. You know, he's just going to hit the same club and just take a little bit off it and let it trundle up there like it did and almost went in. Where I I wonder if Spieth was in the same club range. I don't know if he was or not. I didn't really pay attention.
1: I think he kind of flared a little bit more right. Yeah, he went right with the second one, but yeah. Did he
0: he hit the same club in both times? Like he was the same Uh, He was
1: debating. He was debating.
2: Yeah, he's in between.
1: Eight and nine, was it?
2: I don't know. he kept going back and forth with Greller a couple times. I actually didn't like it. I actually thought that
0: his putting demons might have cost him that win i you know i'm not sure maybe those two you know he had those two putts the first two holes that were like really good putts the first one was like how did it not go in almost it was right on the edge the second one just lost speed and dove off but i was thinking to myself he's been a shaky putter from like four feet you know and i wonder if if that plays into his head like both of those putts with more speed were dead center, like right in the middle of the hole. And if he was a little more aggressive, he, he wins. And I don't know if that's because he's not that comfortable. I mean, he made the three-whatever-footer after that's that. That's what I was just going to say. Kind of a crappy chip. That was a pretty easy chip, according to the guys on TV. You know, it's the kind of chip he's trying to make. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. It's we. It was weird to me that that he had two putts to win, and they were like just baby, like they were the fastest putts ever, which I don't think they were.
1: No, and then you know, I I was kind of sad because I kinda, I think I texted you guys. I finally saw that. I love that low fist pump Spieth, you know, that way down here one, that just gets me. My juice is gone. I and it's, oh, I just thought we had another one, another Spieth W, and uh, he got Bitsy, it. He got it stolen.
0: Bitsy stepped up and made that six footer to tie <laughs> on that first playoff hole It just nail, just dead center. Mm-hmm. But he's he should be the model for all golfers for fast play. I mean, he is ready to go. The other, you don't sit. He's not sitting there after the other guys hit, like packing to his caddy, trying to figure it out. They have everything figured out. The camera can barely get to him in time, and he's hitting a shot. Which you know, like going back to our high school conversation. If we're stuck inside this week, I may actually show some videos of him. Like <laughs> this, is you, this is how you do it, kids. Like play faster. My God, they're slow.
1: Yeah, and I think they did a little. Some I heard something about how he gets all of his preparation done. While his playing partner's hitting. And you know, now that he's a little bit longer, he's not always the first one to hit. No. Um, so he gets all of it done, figures out everything. When it's his turn, like you said, the cameras have a hard time switching over to him real quick as he fires one away. So
2: Jim, any takes? I was gonna say, is this his first win in the tour? I mean, he has the US well, open.
0: U.S. Open, yes, yeah. U.S. Open, yep. this is US this Open a,
2: yes. This would be his first like PGA Tour. This is, I hey, mean, Open
0: that's monumental.
2: First, such tour. a historic tour.
0: Yeah, I mean, you got three point two million because it's a elevated event, right? How
2: how crazy no, that, is that? No, not, thought, three point six. Not high,
0: is it? That's what. That's no, what, it's
2: it. No, it's three point six. This paid oh. out more than the Masters, so <laughs> we can now determine that the tartan jacket more valuable than the green jacket.
0: It is a cooler looking jacket. I mean.
2: Harden. Yeah, I I love the heritage here. Uh, I think it's fantastic, especially the the course. Of Jack Nicholas plus Pete Dye. I mean, with some Alice thrown in there, those two holes, seventeen and eighteen, shouldn't even exist. Those are those are deemed illegal by current EPA standards. I kind of like eighteen
0: though. That's kind of a fun hole.
2: It. I think it's wonderful. A lighthouse in the back and the widest fairway on tour.
0: Yeah, I mean the problem though, like it was playing straight down wind today. Like I saw Figala hit a driving iron, like a two iron way down. It's like two iron wedge almost or two iron, nine iron. It's kind of sucks. If it was into the wind, it's a lot more fun. They approach that. And when it's just straight down wind, they're hitting lofted clubs in there, but
1: yeah, typically I, you'll see them coming in with like uh, you know, seven iron, six iron, yeah, you, know, you know, which, which is a lot more fun to watch and you get more, a little variety of, you know, results. Um, I thought it was interesting. I did not know this that that Matty Fitz had been going there with his family for years. Had no idea now, that that's when he was six years old. He was going to you know Hilton Head, and I didn't know that. That's kind of I a cool little story there.
0: Wasn't on like on full swing. Wasn't Dad like some sort of bank guy or something? So he's probably decent, makes a decent
2: living. Um, you it know, sounds I, like I, a pirate to me. <laughs> Being English, going to to Hilton Head. Yeah, they're did, pirates. Did, Come on.
0: Did you guys see when? when Scheffler hit in the bunker and it was like plugged in the middle of the bunker today. And the the hot mic caught him. (laughs) I did not see it. What are you saying? He he hit like a, like a, he was in the trees and he hit like a, a punch eight iron just trying to hit a low punch. And it landed in the middle of this huge bunker and plugged like an eight iron punch shot plugged. So he had like a fried egg and he chunked it and kept it in the bunker. And he was telling his caddy, like, "Who? How the hell is there this much sand in the middle of the bunker? Whoever did this should be fired, or something like that." He said. And then the mic caught him, uh, so that was kind of funny. Him bitching about the course conditions like we do at every single time we play golf,
2: except there's too much sand.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's usually the opposite for the courses we play.
1: I've never heard <laughs> Ned Flanders complain about something like that. Yeah, That's he was just bitching
0: out there. He's been um, kind of off, though. He was. He just didn't like he he couldn't put it all together again today.
1: I I still think I know I know we talk about his like his demeanor and his mentality but he has shown a little more fire than what people think about yeah. him. I remember going back to the P, uh the PGA last year. He was very out outwardly uh, you know frustrated with his play, you know, not not swearing or throwing clubs, but he's you know showing this emotion that we don't really think of with Scotty Scheffler. And, you know, I think there's, you know, I think he is a kind of, how do you want to put this, you know, like a hidden competitor that we don't really see, but underneath, there's a lot like even the time that he was talking about the masters where he was just bawling that he didn't know if he could actually do this, you know, like you would never think of him like that, you know? And I think he hides it. He tries to hold it in. And um, yeah, I think he has a lot of, he, I think he mentions that he has anger when he plays. Sounds
2: you know, like he, has... he needs to go to Mike's putting classes. He
0: should. Now come I he might want to come to, yep. to, come to uh, my school Scotty. We got state of the art we got state of the art yeah. with
1: <laughs> So
0: You know, it really has grown on me a lot this year and really did this week. I know he's the masters champ, but John Rahm has grown on me so much. Did you see did you see when he was in the booth today? Yes, yeah. I really like that. He was really good. And what I loved about him this week was First round, he didn't play very well. Second round, he shot a, what do you shoot, like 63 or something? Six
1: under, yeah, I think
0: so. Or something like that, 65 or something. And then did you see what they asked him? The one reporter asked him at the press conference, you know, basically why didn't he just tank so he could take the weekend off and take a break and rest? And he was awesome. He was like, I'm here to compete. He talked about how – he gave the Michael Jordan, you know, like Michael Jordan used to always say, um, you know, somebody paid their hard-earned dollars to come watch me play and I'm going to play and he kind of gave that he talked about you know people pay a lot of money to come watch this event and uh, it it doesn't do it justice for me to go out there and not give it all i have and try to win and compete and i, I was like oh that's pretty cool in a day and age where you got load management in a bunch of sports and that you know guys take all a lot of games off and whatever and he's right people paid money to come see him play probably that and that was like refreshing to listen to and I don't know. He keeps growing on me. The more and more, the more and more I watch him. And obviously, he's the great player. Maybe the best in the world right now. But I think he's got a lot more. He seems to like get a lot more personality than than what you think.
1: Well, first of all, I mean, I agree. Like his classiness is huge. But let's keep in mind it's an elevated event. Yeah. Right. Okay? So that's 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 part of it. And he's playing well. I mean, with those two things added up, it's like you know I I do agree. Like playing another. 72 hole um tournament after how draining last week had to be um is not easy. And it could have been very much a situation where he shows up, doesn't have it like he did in round one, kind of folds it. Hey, I was gonna try, didn't really have my stuff. I'm probably he probably could make the excuse. I'm just not mentally there. I just came off a win. Didn't came out and just fired a, you know, like we talked about 65. Yeah. and played. So I, I give major props for that. So I have to ask, is he the anti Rory?
0: Kind of, yeah. Rory, but go. So let me let's get to Rory a second. Rom, if I believe I heard him correctly on TV, he said he's going to play next week in Mexico defend his defend his champion. He's because he, he goes, you know what? I'm the defending champion. I should I should go back, you know, and defend try to defend. I, I believe he said. I'm not, I'm not 100 sure. I think he's going to play
1: next week or I in, probably, two we- in two weeks, two weeks. yeah because yeah, yeah. next two weeks, week he so... already talked about taking a couple
0: of yeah not he's, he's not playing no. in Louisiana so a, a week off but like you think about it he's won the masters he's number one in the world he's gonna go play in the Mexico championship I think which is you know pretty cool but Rory yeah I don't know it's such a bad look it just looks bad like you know uh, he's obviously got a lot going on i think mentally probably we talked about it last week you know a lot after the masters but with all the live stuff and he's been the spokesperson you know and whatever and all these elevated events is to sit a second one out and take the three million dollar penalty looks kind of silly looks stupid
1: well you have to ask yourself is he having a little minor breakdown is he having a You know, did he have so much? I mean, again, we don't really see. And that's why I think full swing was so cool. Because we got to see behind the scenes of what some of these guys are thinking, going through, uh, you know, all this stuff that we don't really see. And it's like Rory is, you know, had tons of pressure on him. I would love to have seen like his like like a documentary of him leading up to the Masters. You know, what is he doing? What is he working on? Is he, you know, is he worried about is he nervous about it? You know, he's showing up, obviously playing a lot of practice rounds and does not perform at all. And then he backs out this week on when he's already sat out one. It's like, you know, there might be something going on there, um, you know, with, the, with, with his health mentally or who, who knows. I He hasn't really spoke much, so we don't know, but uh found that interesting. Do
2: you yeah. think there's a, a swing demon in there? Do you think there's something that he's trying to fix with that beautiful driver swing? Or do you think it's got to be upstairs?
0: Oh, it's for sure upstairs, but I think he's also went through a bunch of equipment lately, changing you know putters and drivers and shafts. And I just think I don't. I don't... Do people give enough? I don't know if credit is the right word. It has to be stressful. I know it's for us average working stiffs. We would be, we would take it in a heartbeat, but you know he has been the real spokesperson of the PGA tour and been kind of the lead guy and it has to be, he's been pretty stand up. This is the first time where he hasn't really been, you know, in my opinion, he did the wrong thing by pulling out if he was, you know, if he's physically healthy, but it's gotta be stressful. I mean, he's constantly the guy that everybody looks to for the answers for the PGA tour and, you know, the trying to win the Masters to get the Grand Slam and all those things. So there's got to be a little bit of aspect of that going on where he's got to be mentally just fried.
1: Yeah. And then he doesn't, hasn't won a major since when? I mean, uh,
0: like nine years. The gap, so, Phil, Phil Mickelson's gap between British Open and PGA Championship is closer than Rory's gap right now, which is crazy to think about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. that. He, what would Rory. Uh, It'd be interesting to think about this. I mean, it's always a what if, but if Rory wins the Open Championship, does that just do the floodgates open? Does yeah, he just definitely. feel the weight off his shoulders and then it's, all of a sudden here it goes crazy Rory again? Except for the Masters. Like that weight's always going to be there until he wins it. But you would just think that, you know, he won this this iconic 150th in, you know, his, you know. Oh, you mean last year? If yeah, like if he oh, wins maybe, that. Yeah. like Oh, I think so. Like, I th- just feel like, you know, maybe the Masters isn't as big of a deal. Like, I just won this huge, like, I can be free. I can show up for- more free than I have been the last few years. I took second last year. I just won. You know, I-, I don't have to worry about my major drought on top of not winning a Masters. You know, it's like, there's a lot there. And I think, uh, you know, the the media and, you know, it starts to, to, to chatter a little bit, and it's just going to only get worse. And that's where I I kind of fear that he um, kind of closes out his career at some point without um getting a chance to really cement himself, um, you know, on the later part of his career, unfortunately.
0: He has to think back to chubby Rory with the big lead that I just, you know, you know, the picture of him standing up by the little cabins <laughs> up there hitting it crazy like OB or whatever, and just blowing that massive lead. It has to, there's no way you can't think about that every time he walks by there. Probably it has to come up over and over again. And and again, these guys have way better mental games than any of us do, but it has to. How can you not?
1: And that's where you were talking about, Mike. I, you know, I think a caddy might be something that he could change, yeah, you know, a, get a, him a, just to kind of think differently and get him to just kind of, hey, Rory, it's all right, man. You're the best player in the world. Just, you know, you'll get it back here. Just try to, you know, keep the double off the scorecard and take your bogey, your, your talent over 72 holes is going to come, you know, whoever, whatever they say. And, I, and maybe his caddy now says that stuff, but you know, sometimes just hearing a new voice can be refreshing. I think Yeah,
0: it's kind of like when Justin Thomas at the PGA championship last year was having that meltdown, like after round two or whatever, yeah. on the range all night and, and, uh, Bones basically told him like, you're like one of the best fucking players in the world, man. Just relax. And boom.
1: Yeah, that was after round three because he was basically right there on Saturday, and then just did not play well at all. You know, and he he's going into the weekend. That's what you want, and and you get kind of hyped for moving day, and he moved backwards. And you know, the story ends well. You know, it ends well. But um, that's another guy. I'm just like, like, are you? Do you guys think Justin Thomas is going to win a big event this year? I just don't see it. It I, doesn't I can't seem likely. He can't putt.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and and ball striking overall hasn't seemed particularly strong. It just the the flash in the pan happened for him, which seems odd to say, but you know he didn't come on strong like Spieth did. Had his few years, and and now it, it, something's gone away a little bit.
1: Yeah, you kind of you know those kind of, you compare those two guys a lot, and it's like at one point Spieth takes off. You know he's winning all these tournaments, winning majors like crazy. Kind of has his hiatus. Here comes JT. You know, now he's coming. He's the guy that Spieth's kind of trying to chase. And all of a sudden now it's back to, you know, Spieth is in contention a lot and almost winning. And then JT's nowhere to be seen.
0: Well, Rory and JT are easily the two most inconsistent players in the world. Top, top 10. Like they're so up and down. They're like boomer or bust. It's either they're playing great or they're missing the cut or they're barely making the cut and playing like crap. You know, all the other guys, you know, Rom and Scheffler and you know, Morikawa, you know, he hasn't he blew up at the beginning of the year, but he's been on the leaderboards a lot. Um, Cantley is about as consistent as it gets. You know, all those other guys are very consistent, and then there's those two who are all over the place.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just going to mention one more thing. Speaking of Cantley, did you guys see that shot on a par three? That he, that for, that the, he, uh, he chipped it off the green stops? Yeah perfectly on that little ledge and and you could hear his caddy like dude we could just take a drop here there's no way you're gonna hit this you know kind of and he's like you know i'm just gonna hit this and doesn't and actually that, i think that was a fast like the decision to hit it was really slow but once he stood over it he just hit it he didn't really think or anything he just kind of said all right this is whatever's gonna happen F it.
2: Whipping My it. my question is he's got the perfect bag finally a use with the Cantley tool bag, right? The DeWalt equipment's yeah. right there. Get out the sawza, cut yourself a gap. If the ball doesn't move, there's no penalty. I think it would be I, absolutely amazing if Xander showed up at Louisiana this week with like a Milwaukee
0: bag, too. And they had like they were like the two, they were like the tool team. Um, but you know, how about this one with Cantley? He gets a bad rap for being slow all all of a sudden last week after Brooks said something, and he is kind of slow, but but like, why does speed not speed is slow as hell too? Why does Spieth not get a better? Bad... He he is incredibly slow. Takes him forever to decide on clubs. The one time he was putting today towards the end, he was like doing that weird stretch thing while he was down and like a, like what is going on right now? He's slow too. I don't. It's like it lay really is though. The one video I saw of him like re and he's like forty five seconds to hit the shot. But Spieth is slow too. Yeah, I don't that understand. Edited, it's not, is that it's real? Not, I think it's I think it's real because the people in the back are moving oh. around or whatever. But. It's not just Cantley; like it's other guys too that are fair, if not as slow, they're close.
2: How fast do you feel it would play the two of you if you had one million dollars on the line for that round?
0: Well, I have mean, to, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I, it depends. My brain does not work like I have to imagine when Patrick Cantley is sitting over the ball forever. He's going through this checklist of like stuff, right? My brain does not work that way. There's no, I wouldn't be able to hit a shot at all. Thinking, okay, grip, blah blah blah, this that everything. I just no, my brain would not work that way.
1: And I would say, like, I tend to speed up when I'm, you know, under pressure. I don't really think through my routine. I don't really slow my body down, my mind down. I have to work at that. I have to really try. I, I was, I, I was brought up by my dad to play fast. Like he, you know, if you're not ready to hit your ball, you're not playing with me. And like, there was no practice swings, maybe one, and that's all you get. And you better hit your ball and run up and hit your ball again. Like that was, he's such an impatient kind of individual that I didn't really have an opportunity to even have a routine, to be honest. There was no option for me to have a routine. It's just hit your ball. And so I have that in the back of my head. When I learned to play, I just have always kind of worried how fast is this round going to be? We got to keep up with the people. Like I've I've never really just always been able to just kind of, be in the moment and not worry about the speed of play. I've
0: always and had a hard time with that.
1: I knew he was playing
0: fast in at 17 at the quarry. I knew
2: was, <laughs> he, was, he, was under, he was under pressure and sped up. <laughs> exactly. Perfect. You got to smell the roses. That's what all this yeah. nice golf course property is for. For sure. Right? Especially, especially those around the ocean. Well, but the next elevator. Oh, go ahead to me. Go ahead. I was going to say, even on the short stuff though, that'd be the one time that I think I would slow down full swings, but, on some of the chips picking out a very specific landing point, like going to read chips and the break and the grain and no additional speed. We're just, we're finishing in three hours and 20 minutes to make a million dollars or not is what I'm hearing.
0: The other thing I, I think like those guys have so much more information to process than we do. when we're out there playing, you know, they have a green book that has every slow, you know, where to hit it, most of the time we're golfing. If it's like a new course, we're just guessing like, oh, the flag is there. You know, hit it somewhere to the safe side of the view. We have no idea what's going on up there. And they're processing so much more information.
1: Um, Have you guys seen the video? Yeah, I think it was Faraday interview with Phil film. He's got his Fonz jacket on. He's got like the the leather jacket and he goes through what he thinks over a shot. And he just rattles off like two minutes worth of information that goes through his head about lie and this and that and it's gonna that this
2: talking way. about the do on the club
1: yeah yep all of that okay and, yep. and it's just like holy cow we do not think through all those things you know it's like if that's what's going through everybody's head that's a lot of information to process um i think he's kind of like a speedy guy like he thinks through probably a little bit too much uh but that is great insight like nobody talks about all those little minute details of what they might be thinking when they hit a shot. So in golf, you never hit the same shot. was like, it's like, the golf isn't a driving range. It's your different lies, different textures, different objects in your way. And so there's a lot more than what we probably think, but let's keep this train moving. What do you guys say? Should we move it? Keep it moving. Okay, but Yes. Before we get to Louisiana though, we have to talk corn
0: for like two minutes.
1: No, we'll get there. I got that oh, coming up. You gotta, okay. I, I, I was just going to say too, like the next elevated event for those that are, you know, interested in all that. Those are when you get the best players is not until I think May fourth at the Wells Fargo. So we got uh, a little. And t- the Zurich. Time. Yep, we're gonna get. Uh, we're gonna get. We're gonna talk about the the Zurich and some of the pairings. But I would say that you know some of these guys are gonna take a uh, quite a bit of substantial time off. Probably come back play play that uh, event. Then you're looking at getting into some of the majors. Um, you know, shortly after. So this is probably your time to see some different guys win and some different people that you know elevated events have been incredible about who's winning i mean very good top 15 players have won them all i believe right at this point yeah yeah i mean so well uh we're in zurich classic of new orleans uh you know i think the one thing that makes this an event um different and maybe worth watching other than you know, you do have some decent players playing it, but it's got the um, partnership, the duos, the pairings. There's a team aspect of this, which, as we know, is kind of been more discussions. You know, we've got Live with their team thing. You've got the Ryder Cups and Presidents Cup team. You know, there's all th- those those types of things, and this is the one PGA Tour event that that does it, and it's best balls rounds one and three, foursomes rounds two and four. Tim, I know you've played the course. Um, You've talked about it on this pod. Anything that particularly sticks out to you? I think you've talked about how flat it is.
2: Very flat. I mean, it it makes Florida look hilly. Central Florida look very hilly. It is the flattest piece of property you likely can find, mostly because it was a swamp. So dirt was raised out of the swamp. And there's even still a, a large barrier in between it and a greater body of water. So it is flat. And unfortunately, they lost the only signature piece they had to the whole course, which was one very, very large pine that sat in the middle of the par five. And now with that thing gone, it is an all you can get there in two buffet, which is really a shame.
0: It's a terrible course to watch on TV. It's not a good TV course. And it's also like a copy, uh, like Twin TPC Twin Cities. I I'm still convinced you could lay over the top of Louisiana and they'd be very similar. They look so similar. I can't. But there's yeah. I don't know. Boring golf
2: course. Every every hole feels about the same just because there's there's been no change in elevation. You're just walking around one big flat pad with a couple trees in between. It's it's very strange.
0: There's some decent. There's a couple decent teams yeah. in this though.
2: I agree. I think there's some
1: very intriguing teams. What's a, what's a team that kind of intrigues you, Mike?
0: Well, obviously, if you're out there gambling and picking, everybody's picking Cantley and Xander. They're the prohibitive favorites. They're always up top. But how about this one? Max Homa and Colin Morikawa are playing together. Al, baby. Yep. Sam Burns and Billy Horschel again. They um, played
1: very well there.
0: Siwoo Kim and Tom Kim. Probably a pretty good team.
1: I thought though did you skip over the brothers, the Fitzpatrick brothers yeah, the are Fitzpat- playing.
0: And his brother Alex. Well, they're not gonna. I gotta find it hard to believe that they're gonna win. Uh, with but Alex, I think that's cool. Patrick I think playing. I it think that cool.
1: gives. Yeah, I think that you know maybe <laughs> Alex has played with Matt and they are feed off each other. You know maybe Alex plays really well with his brother. Who knows? For all maybe the that's like
2: that, Brooks and Brooks and Chase. Yeah, there you go. Another for great the, duo for all the people out there that likes things
0: like cheese pizza and you know plain hamburgers without any toppings and you know. Chicken nuggets with no no dipping sauce. You got the Midwest combo of Zach Johnson and Steve Stricker. The all boring the all boring uh, oh, team. Those Dude, are the if two best playing, states. Iowa, <laughs> if they were playing TPC
1: Deer Run. They'd be the favorites.
0: <laughs> oh, Joel Damon
1: and Danny McCarthy.
2: My guys are on a team, oh, Joel and Denny. You'd
1: be picking that one for sure. Yeah,
2: let's see. Oh, I thought we always went with whoever Ryan Palmer was playing with. Yeah, but he's playing with uh,
0: Scott Piercy this year. So I, I think saw the, that. What a downgrade! I think the gravy train is done for Ryan Palmer. Well, he's played with Speeth and Scotty, and Rom, a, a, a bunch of just studs. <laughs> Ryan How about Palmer's this wife. Ryan Palmer's right. wife is like so happy he's played in this event every year until this year, maybe.
1: I I I don't see this pair, but you got Sunjay and Keith Mitchell. How about
0: that? Well, it was the big thing all over social media that they had like the thing about "Will you play with me?" Like, like the elementary kids, "Will <laughs> like you going date to prom? me?" But here's, a, I love this one. How great would it be if Sanjay showed up with a sweet ass tour visor and they just rock, <laughs> and they just rock some tour visors together? <laughs> and, That'd then, be amazing. Uh, and
1: then and then Keith Mitchell wears the uh, <laughs> hat that Sanjay always wears. They flip off. Right. That's what they. That's what they should do. They you should make it more fun. where? Kind of what your partner wears, and the other guy wears what they. That would make this event awesome. Hold on. Let me let me see if,
0: this with uh do, Rory Sabatini here, quick. See what that would look
2: like. <laughs> oh man, they should do that for two of the days, and then the other two should be matching days Dude. where you have to coordinate your outfit.
1: straight mullinax plays with Scott Stallings. He's got to wear the super tight polo just to show yep. off the guns. What
0: else we got in this thing here? We got a couple of locals. Troy Merritt playing with Robert Strab and Eric Van Rooyen with some MJ DeFue from uh, South Africa. But here we go. There's, a, there's some classic teams here. Some classic bangers from about 10 years ago. Jason Duffner and Kevin Chapel teaming up. Uh, Jimmy Walker, who played well for two rounds at Harvard yeah. Towns with DA Great points. DA story. points. Here we go. This is going to be the crowd favorite. John Daly. In the field with David Duval, <laughs> can you think of awesome. two? Can you think of two more opposite like playing styles? David Duval with sunglasses on, Geek squad. Ne- never saw so an ounce of, Never saw an ounce of emotion ever. And then John Daly throwing clubs and drinking
2: diet cokes. I don't think there's anyone more perfect for this course than John Daly. <laughs> I would love to see him out there, uh, just barefoot in jeans. My guy. Huh? go ahead. I,
1: well, I, I just want to see John Daly drain a pot and just do the David Duval fist pump <laughs> the double fists after you know from the, the President's Cup. My guy
0: Victor Perez in the cup. field again. Was it
1: Ryder Cup or President Cup? Which one was it? I don't know, maybe. Cause he, cause they, had the, they had the the funky looking outfits on. Terrible outfits.
0: Probably Ryder Cup, I don't know, maybe. Uh right. Wyndham is playing with Bo Hostler. could be decent. Then you got some more classics, Nick Watney and Charlie Hoffman pairing up. And uh, let's see here. Hold on. I got my favorite. I'm going on a list. My favorite classic pairing is coming up. Let's see. It is. Was it
2: the Stadler pairing?
0: No, no. There is a Stadler pairing. There's uh, who's Stadler with? He's with Jeff Ogilvy. But how about this one? Ricky Barnes and Kyle Stanley. Two guys that were, that that had a minute, just a, just a hot minute there where they were pretty good. And that's it. Bill Haas and Jonathan Bird. Another two classic old guys.
1: I found this one interesting because you had brought this up um, when we played the Are They Top 500? Are They Not? Our guy Novak's partner. Exactly. Yeah. Andrew Novak played with Trevor Cohn. And now I know. Now I know. Yeah. So, anyways, well, it's, you know, I don't know. It'll be one of those things where, like, I'm not, it's not, to me, appointment TV, you know, it's not. But it's something different and sometimes different, especially after two pretty intense, you know, Individual stroke play tournaments, get a little breath of fresh air here, something different, and I think that's um, good timing on the PGA Tour. You know, shows something that's not the normal usual thing. So, anything else from that before we talk, Spencer? No. Well, I think he's basically Tim. You know, Tim's. You know, I don't even what you what you call it, but Tim is a carbon copy of Spencer Levine, Corn with more, Tim, game. Yeah. Tim with
0: more game out there than Corn Fairy Tour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tim with more game, uh, the Veritex Bank Championship, Texas Rangers Golf Club. No idea where that is or what that is, Tim. Maybe you've heard of that course, but Spencer Levine, those that don't know, kind of a like, uh, you know, he's 150 pounds, you know, soaking wet, kind of a wears a tour visor, um was kind of finding himself in the mix here and there in some PGA tour events. I think even the U S open once he was in it Uh, and he was kind of known for being somewhat of a spaz. I think he's very hot and, you know, runs hot. And I remember him just pounding heats, you know, and, and just trying to kind of keep it together. Seemed like he had a lot of drinks the night before he comes back from seven shoots a 63 today wins. What a story. Um, yeah, so good for good for Spencer.
0: Well, he doesn't always wear the tour visor anymore, which is disappointing. He didn't wear it. He did not wear it today. He had a normal hat on. But that is the uh, the classic picture with him and uh, Phil Mickelson. Because Phil got second that year again in the U.S. Open. Spencer Levine was the low-am, I think. And that's a Ratif Goosen win. That's the classic photo is, is young Spencer Levine. He does look like Tim. God, bless you go to Let me Spencer read some Levine, of these.
2: Does, uh does look kind you, of like Tim. These articles about him. You, you <laughs> yeah, gotta hear he was, some of these, all right? He was just smoking. Spencer heaters. Levine, he would lose his shit. <laughs> Spencer right. Levine, he would lose his shit. Spencer Levine's legendary or legend grows uh, with these hilarious tales, and they're all anger stuff. Uh the angry golfer, you'd be mad not to like and uh, tour pro claims he used to smoke one cigarette per hole thankfully he no longer does
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like crazy. you if you only he only he puts like happy gilmore he has the he has like a broom putter that he puts like a normal on the side but he holds it like like a standard grip but with the hands apart like you're doing a hockey slap shot that's how he
1: puts Hey, innovator! He's an innovator. Yeah, he's rejuvenated. One. His putting stroke <laughs> has rejuvenated his game. He's back. So, <laughs> and then we we should mention, you know, our we've we're trying to keep tabs on our guy Frankie. Uh, Frankie Sappin the third is, you know, we had him on the pod playing corn Fury. He, he was, you know, having a great week. Didn't have a great, you know, Sunday finish, but he, I think he took thirtieth, um, hanging in there. I think his game is close. I think he's just got to kind of put together four rounds which is the challenge of professional golf
0: i messaged him today he said he'd come back on in a few weeks when he has a break from uh corn events so we'll get a little update on what corn life has been like
1: perfect well that's uh, that's about it i was just, unless you guys i was i know tim's going to talk a little bit about what he's got coming up because one more thing
0: from... in the golf world we got to talk yeah. about hitchner Derek hitchner of oh, the yeah. yep. intercollegiate what our guy
1: that was awesome. And Tim, you and I did that interview. And when you were done, what kind of what like when you think of Derek Kitchener, what do you think of? Like how do you think of him? Like just from how we, you know, how he interviewed, how what he talked about.
2: I'm pretty pretty chill, laid back, kind of living the life. Yeah,
1: and I just thought he was like uber humble. Like he didn't really, you know, doesn't really enjoy talking about himself, to be honest. Like you had to kinda yeah, you know, I kind of like playing video games. I'm not, you know, he's just, he's not like, you know, you think, yeah, I kind of have surfed once. You know, he's just kind of in his own lane. He's, he's, um, you know, he doesn't like to talk too much about himself, which I kind of found out. And he just seems like a great dude. Happy for him. Uh, You know, that's another break. That, is that our first break 80 pod bump win?
0: Yeah, probably for a win. He's
2: The win, yeah, but not the bump. No, I least...
1: Novak Novak's had a couple on the
2: so, bump
0: it,
1: it, can you call it a bump if it's been a while?
0: yeah, well, here's what I can't figure out. I'm looking right now on the world the amateur golf rankings for the world updated uh april twenty third and maybe not maybe this is old it says twelve april twenty three supposed to be April twelfth that's probably why it's old. He was ranked forty first in the world. We'll see what happens when they do a new update. They must do it every week or something because he should go up. I would assume that's a big amateur event. And Sam Bennett is still ranked on this one, six. I would assume his master's finish would get him up there because Gordon Sargent's the number two. Somebody named Ludwig Aberg is number one from Sweden. Ahead of Gordon Sargent and Michael Thorbjörnsson. I
1: think think that's, uh, that's a Tron Carter guy. Might be. Yeah, that's he's a, he's a big, whatever whoever that guy is, he's a big supporter of that guy. Yeah. So, well, Tim, you got some uh, travels coming up. You got some. Yeah. You know, Tim's on the yeah. move again.
2: It's been a it's been a rough three weeks having to watch all the snow come down. So, figured it was time to pack up, and we are headed to Pinehurst next Sunday. So, we'll fly in Sunday, kind of in the AM. Uh, myself and Zach. Listener, supporter, lawyer of the pod. We'll be playing Lonnie Pool, which is the NC State course designed by Arnold Palmer. Unfortunately, Mike, the uh, the Fazio course that's also uh, uh, open to the public was closed for renovations and Duke University had some sort of event going on. So we're at Lonnie. Then we go to tobacco, uh, Tobacco Road and Mid Pines the next day. Then we've got four and eight, followed by two and possibly the Cradle. And then coming home absolutely exhausted.
1: Sounds like nice. a dream. Sounds like a dream. Well, we're going to get your update on the courses and how it played. You know, I don't know how we're going to do this quite, because I think you're going to be in Pinehurst the next time we we record. So maybe we'll get a pop-in from Tim. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be cool. Update, but little, That'd, that'd be kind of fun, yeah. So, well, I don't know about you guys, but it's been, uh, it's been quite a week. You know, now that we, you know, it was kind of a lot of excitement. You're thinking that spring is on its way. Snow hits the ground. Now we got to kind of go to plan B. But uh, I don't know where you guys are at with everything. But as we get going this week, I guess it's, you know, you're looking forward to to playing golf maybe a little bit. But when you're coaching, there's not a lot of time for it. So it's basically, can I get some chips in with the boys? Can I, you know, get a, you know, maybe a swing here and there. And you don't, I don't find myself playing too much during this time of year.
0: There's not. Today was a garage clean day for me. I didn't even think about golf. I looked outside, depressed, but I did find. I had totally forgot that I bought this. <laughs> I don't know how long ago I bought it. Sometime this winter, at a thrift store, a firm flex. So this is the stiffest they made it. I think on the shelf back then, Callaway Warbird driver. <laughs> so we, had, oh, we added another. We added another vintage '90s club to the stable. of worried head. that
2: shaft stays in.
0: I don't I don't know. We'll try it out at some point in time this summer, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> well, anything else, boys?
0: No. No. I think we'll we got one more crappy week. I've been saying that for, for
2: like
1: three weeks in a row now. But, yeah, you can tell we're kind of down, but it is what it is. I guess we choose to live here and that's the way life goes sometimes. I'm super
2: excited. I'm going to a great state.
1: Yeah, Tim, you're fine. You're you're gonna be, yeah. you're gonna be just well. Your moral compass is going to be very high. You're gonna be your should say your morale compass you're going to be very up and going coming back probably some snow's gone by then um where mike and i are going to be in the doldrums drums this week so
0: we'll see if his morale is up i i would love it if the number 2 had the greens really rolling and the turtle the turtle backs were were bumping shots left and right off of there we'll see what the
2: morale's like
1: That's, That's okay. Some, some people
2: like getting tortured
1: there <laughs> was some content so all right everyone uh you know like we talk about You know, there's nothing wrong with getting a hold of us, hearing what you want to, or letting us know what you want to hear. Topics are across the board. We love talking golf. It doesn't really matter what it's about. Um, So, yeah, just reach out, let us know. With that being said, the difference between 79 and 80 is everything. Today's the day I break 80 What the ball to draw, but it keeps
0: fading No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80, it's the goal,
1: James When you hit it on one, straight up the gut, baby Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy So punch out the rough and tune to
2: break 80 Break 80
0: Break 80 Break 80, break 80. J-D. A Great